Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club. Poor Fubar Radio. It's the wrong one. I played the wrong one. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club. Radio. Are we live? Are we live at five? This is it. This is where we're going. We're on now. Oh, yes. Oh, hello. Oh, it's good, isn't it? Uh, this, is the sort of co- this is the sort of radio show that you won't get in a car. <laughs> Can you get it in a car? You've got to have a dial-up. <laughs> you've, got to be, you've got to be near an internet. Um, I was in a I was in a car last night hey. listening to Ni- Nigel Farage. Oh, on LBC was he? <laughs> yeah, on the on the, te- on the someone's Uber. Was, uh, someone uh, they were talking about crime. <laughs> they were talking about crime. <laughs> I, it, like Nigel Farage came out across as quite <laughs> quite reasonable. <laughs> it was fucking it was crazy. They were having a phone in about crime and one cunt phoned in <laughs> and he said, uh, "Oh yeah, so you have all these criminals, right? They've all been they've all been uh, locked up. They're all in prison, right? I reckon we should do what they do in America." Right, so what they do in America is they get all the criminals, right? <laughs> they uh, put them out outside in the open air. Uh, and they all go around and they uh, do like community service and they like pick, pick litter and stuff on the side of roads. You know, they're all uh, chained together. <laughs> and Nigel Farage says, Well, I admit that uh, we do have to do something about uh, the rising crime rate, but I- I'm anti chain gangs. <laughs> it, was, it was fucking crazy. Fucking this guy phoned up and he said that we should start introducing chain gangs into England. <laughs> fucking hell, that was his fucking big idea, his big solution. I think part of this sort of... What a cunt. They <laughs> sort of, you know, um, uh, right-wing talk radio almost. It starts people off and then it sets them off and before <laughs> they know it, they're further ahead than they were planning and so on. But they've created this whole... Like, they are literally creating monsters by sort of like poking at a fire until they basically go, yeah, I agree with that. And then they go off on their own and then suddenly the people phoning in are just making the presenters go, well, no, steady on, though. That's, uh... It's a bit like me and The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems to happen constantly with... Um, Pierce Morgan is now having to keep winding back and going, no, I don't actually agree with that. No, I don't actually agree. It's just, they said, it's bizarre that they're just... I reckon we should But get it's their fault. They're stoking a fire, I think, that's creating these people. Get, well, they, they're, they're horrific, uh, uh, racist, misogynistic, homophobic cunts, uh, but they're not, apparently, they're not the worst. <laughs> um, I reckon we should get all the criminals and mm. we should chain them together, yeah. uh, put them on the side of the road and get them to pick letter. Mm. I think that's mm. what we should do. See, in America, they've got this human centipede. <laughs> and what I think we should do is we like, like sew their lips up to another one's arsehole <laughs> and then feed the first one salmon awful. <laughs> Dreadful. <laughs> this is a. Uh, uh. Uh, anyway, uh, my name's Nick Helm. <laughs> my name's Nathaniel Metcalf. You're listening to, to Talk Radio. Friday. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> so phone in. Uh, this is Friday's Five Star Fan Club. Um, uh, my name's Nick Helm. My name's Nathaniel Metcalf. <laughs> and this is Fan Club. Fan Club. You're, that's what you're listening to. It's five stars. What's the first rule of Fan Club, though, now? First rule of fan club is just tell your friends. Tell, tell your friends. If you've got any friends, club. tell them about fan club. Have you? Um, do you know what you should do? What you should do is next time Nigel Farage is doing a phone in, <laughs> phone up, say that you're interested in uh, talking about chain gangs, and then when he actually uh, cuts to you, just uh, remind everyone to tune in on Fridays at midday <laughs> and listen to fan club. <laughs> yeah. um, Can you get this in a car? 
Do they have internet and cars, do they now? Do they have the internet and cars? No, on that. That's the thing about, that's the thing really, isn't it? Nigel Farage it feels a lot like everyone's friend. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, tell your friends. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, the second rule of fan club is uh, just tell, tell your friends, isn't it? Just please, for the love of God, tell your bloody friend. Um, well, what a lovely week. We didn't do any fan mail last week. We didn't. We've probably got a bumper, a bumper cropper fan mail now. We d- d- doubled up. Doubled up. Um, so I'm expecting like this fan mail. It'll take us to the end of the show. Better not be like any of the guff that we got uh, two weeks ago. Um, um, it's fan mail, right? We don't, we don't, we're not expecting a critique. It's really, it's really, uh, <laughs> really stuck in my craw, that has, if I'm using that phrase correctly. I yeah. don't know. I'm not a very intelligent man. Uh, what is a craw? Is it like Southern American? I think it's like my a craw, craw, isn't it? Stuck in my claw. Isn't it? I, I, whenever I hear craw, I think of a crow's foot. But that might be because craw sounds like claw and claw. <laughs> Do you know who we haven't heard from in a while? Hey, Rig- Wrigley Scott. <laughs> And Stephen Seagull. No, we haven't. <laughs> the uh, short-lived uh, characters from the early days of fan club. Mm. Oh. It's a yeah. shame, isn't it? We could do an animated fan club spin-off. Well, what happened was Stephen Seagull ended up eating Wrigley Scott. I'm stuck in his belly. Stuck in his craw. <laughs> stuck in his craw. <laughs> there he is, Wrigley Scott. There he is. is that, was that the voice? That was the voice, It's yeah. a horrible voice. <laughs> So hot, sorry, sorry, Wrigley. I just, I just love watching Ridley Scott interviews when he's doing a talking head, and it would just be him talking, and it would go. So, when I was making Alien, <laughs> and he always talk out the side of his mouth because yeah. that's where he smokes his cigars, right? Oh, right yeah, so yeah. he's got like a cigar mouth where like he'll always sort of like <laughs> twist one, and he'll be talking, and then all of a sudden his hands will wave into shot, and he'll be holding a fucking massive cigar <laughs> <laughs> that you were hitherto unaware of. They're both from the northeast, Tony and Ridley Scott, <coughs> but they have got quite. May sort of he hit- rest in peace. R.I.P. Uh, they do have quite undefined accents. They've got this sort of quite mid-Atlantic. No, uh, no, no. He's um. Where, so where are they from? Aren't they from like Newcastle or somewhere yeah, in that's that right. way? Yeah. So when I was making, so when I was making Alien, <laughs> Alien. <laughs> Alien. When I was, what, what's um, what was that film that he made with um, Javier Bardem? It mm. was uh, like a it was like a gangster movie where. They were all exchanging money at airports and stuff. Didn't have. Don't know what this is. Come on, Natalie. Let's get Ridley Scott's uh, recently. IMDb. That was like a couple of years ago. Oh, is it that one? It's um, like one for the one for the money. <laughs> That's the sort of thing that they're <laughs> called, isn't it? Two, two for the show. There will be a film called One for the Money. Uh, there should be a film called One for the Money, and the sequel should be Two for the Show. The third one should be called Three to Get Ready. There won't be a fourth one. <laughs> uh, the, the the third one was released straight to DVD as it was and nobody watches DVDs anymore it's all Netflix there was that um, uh, um, uh, magic film wasn't there Now You See Them and that my the, the sequel should have been Now You Don't yeah Now You, sound, now you See Me Now You Don't yeah uh, and Under Siege 2 sequel to that should have been cancelled <laughs> stuck in craw origin hunters centuries ago Notice that some birds swallowed bits of stone that were too large to pass through the craw. 
So what is that? In the back of the beak or something? I'm talking. That's just so bloody rude. (laughs) 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 Essentially, I noticed that some birds swallowed bits of stone that were too large to pass through the craw and into the digestive tract. These stones, unlike the sand and pebbles needed by birds to help grind food in the pouch, literally stuck in the craw, couldn't go down any further. Got it. That's the way it was written. So they just ate something that was too bad. It's the like same as anyone, isn't it? Well, if I something, eat something that's too big, it'll get stuck in my neck. So birds eat stones, much like the dinosaurs. To digest. Well, they are. Uh, dinosaurs are sort of birds, aren't they, of the past? That's right. And they now say that dinosaurs probably had feathers. Uh, well, they're not just now saying that, that. They've been saying that for about 15 or 20 years. <laughs> so it's, not, <laughs> it's nice to know that you finally renewed your uh, prescription to Natural History Museum Monthly. <laughs> I couldn't think of a sign. I'm not a very intelligent man. Uh, I like things very simple. Uh, like my friend Simon. Is this good enough? I mean, certainly, uh, don't come and see me live expecting this sort of, <laughs> this sort of banter. This has worked up to this over two this years. Is this is, uh, I mean, you can't just uh, jump. They don't, they don't just let anyone on food bar. <laughs> you have to have been uh, award nominated. <laughs> A lot of the time. Not all the time. That's no, fair. No. That's or just fair. know someone who is, like me. <laughs> uh, you've been nominated for something, haven't you? What have I been nominated? I've been nominated for some awards that you, don't don't have, really... Uh... Have you ever won anything? No, never won anything. Not even like a, a best poster design or something like no, that? No, I've won a pub quiz. <coughs> that counts. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do that pub quiz on Wednesday. It's, uh, uh, Where it's, was it? At uh, Arkstar, right? Wasn't, wasn't invited. It's at Arkstar. Yeah, and I can hear you say he hasn't started yet, but you've got to remember, Natalie, when I listen to you, it's dead air, because he's not going to pull up the slack. Well, so, I can't <laughs> hear Natalie. It only comes through your headphones. I mean, it's not very fair, is it? It's not a very fair, fair system. Um, right, we've done ten minutes of absolute guff. gold. <laughs> um, right, so... Right, what Stuck we in do? the cross. That was, I think, maybe my favourite... My favourite... Um, my favourite tweet... Of, Ever? Of, yeah, it was last night. I'm going to find it because it because uh, it's not really my sort of thing that you did yourself. Yeah, I was really proud of it. Um, <laughs> Get many retweets? Uh, no, not loads, but it's kind of like. Um, so where is it? Um, filling in the slack. Just finding it here. It was. Uh, I I was I listened to Help in the week. The, yeah, yeah, the, the Beatles album. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the best Beatles album. I love it so much. I love that era of the Beatles. It's, for sure. I I never I really never got on board 100 percent with the experimental stuff later okay. on. Okay. And um, and I really all loved the early rock, <laughs> rock and roll stuff. And Help seems to be right in the and middle. And they're just the nice boys. Where they're writing all their own stuff. Uh, and it sort of like evolved a little bit more from the early sort of like covers and rock and roll stuff, but it's just before they get really sort of like up their own arse. Mm. And I said, you know, I think it's the best <laughs> album ever. And someone tweeted me and said, Beatles are a bit shit though. It's like choosing your favourite fart, <laughs> which is a disgusting phrase. 
Uh, and it's just also, I don't trust anyone that thinks the Beatles are shit, really. Yeah, it doesn't really, make, really it doesn't add up. It's not really an opinion that counts, because everything is based on the Beatles. From, you know, mm. there was music, and then the Beatles came along, and now everything is either um, a copy of the Beatles or deliberately trying not to be the Beatles. Unless it's the film yesterday. Unless it's the, so he said, he said, Beatles are a bit shit, though. It's like choosing your favourite fart. And I said... Some farts are amazing. Which <laughs> 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 is true. <laughs> um, Did you have a favourite track of Help, or was it the experience with the whole album? Hey, you got a Hide Your Love Away? Love it. Yeah, it's very good. I just think the whole album's good. Because um, uh, I, love the f- I, I love the film. I just think, I, well, hmm, it hasn't aged well, has it? No. I love A Hard Day's Night. I think Hard Day's Night is a five-star film. I think help is like it's the help feels like the kind of film I like, but most people don't like. <laughs> well, it's sort of um, uh, it's definitely a Richard Lester film. Mm. So Richard Lester did the Musketeer films, but he did, basically did Hard Day's Night, and then he did the Musketeer, and then he did Help, and then he did the Musketeer films, mm-hmm. and like so, and then he did Superman two and three, but um, he didn't get full. Does he get a full credit for Superman two? Uh, it does because I think to do Richard it they Donner. made they made him film more than fifty percent, right? So I think they cut out bits of the Richard Donner so that he filmed. If you're listening to the show, you must know about Superman, right? Yeah, I think we've we probably to, done it, and we, as we well. don't have to cover that again, do we? No, that's fine. But they did the who was it the Zolkin? What's it? Zolkind. Zolkind. Yeah, but they, they, those were the producers. Yeah. They basically they did it on Superman, and no, I think they did it on, on Musketeers, Musketeers and then they worked out that if basically if you film a phone book sized script and you give it to all the actors and you say this is the script and all the actors are a bit like it's a bit of a big script there isn't it <laughs> um, you film it and then what you do is you cut it in half and release it as two separate films and don't pay the actors yeah. any extra and the actors are none the wiser <laughs> they have absolutely no idea that uh, that two years later there's a film being released uh, that is a sequel to the original that they're starring in um, so they they did it with the Musketeers movies. There was the Three Musketeers and the Four Musketeers. Three Musketeers, Four Musketeers, yeah. And, and then, then Return of the Musketeers. That was much later, though. Much that was in later. the eighties. That was the, where um, Roy Kinnear. Roy Kinnear died. died. Fell off a horse. Fell off a horse. <laughs> we are. <laughs> and we must have seen that uh, same episode of This Morning with Richard, not Judy. Yeah. <laughs> Richard and Judy. Also, I've never seen Return of the Musketeers. I've seen the first two. I've, I, I think they're all fair. I, they were just. I think they were always on at like a Saturday at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and you'd watch them, and they were like in the background, and then you'd go into school on Monday, and then you'd talk about the Musketeers. I remember bits of them really clearly, and then when you watched them, they are just absolutely incomprehensible. Oh, are they? They're just fucking I awful. I always quite fancy giving them another go. I think they're fucking awful. And what he does, though, is he just basically puts in a load of stuff, Richard Lester puts in a load of stuff with ADR, where you've just got peasants walking around in the foreground, and they're talking about ducks. Yes. And it's kind of like... It's fucking weird, because um, people don't make films like that. But basically, he does loads of that stuff in Help. That's one of the reasons I really love Army of Darkness, because they sort of do that mm. with the skeletons. There's like a skeleton walking around in the foreground, and, and they're just sort of like muttering to themselves. And I think Sam Raimi probably owes quite a bit to Richard Lester when it comes yeah. to that sort of I stuff. I think it's that, because I think he worked <clears> with like um, the goons, didn't he, and things, I think, Richard Lester. And I think he comes a lot from that kind of stuff. That makes a lot of sense. Also, the Three Musketeers was also going to be a Beatles film, or Richard Lester pitched it to the Beatles as 
a follow-up to That's help. right. That's right. Uh, Who was going to be D'Artagnan? Ringo? I don't know. I don't know the way they... Have way, to be. They'd probably be um, maybe George, because he's a young one, isn't he? No, I reckon it would be Ringo. Uh, Come on, let me join in. <laughs> 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 come on there's bloody three of you <laughs> <laughs> he did come along later didn't he in the band so it makes sense for you there you go. yeah it starts with the death of Stuart Sutcliffe <laughs> <laughs> hang on which one was the Yorkshire Ripper <laughs> <laughs> Peter Sutcliffe Peter Sutcliffe yeah it starts with the death of Peter Sutcliffe <laughs> and it goes from there and uh and George Best. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, to be fair to them, they went on to have amazing careers, didn't they? Uh, regardless of whether you agree with their ethics. Um, Did you know? The, the ex-Beatles went on to be very prolific. <laughs> uh, uh, Pete Best did release an album, though, that was called Best of the Beatles. <laughs> And I've got respect him for it. <laughs> That's a very clever name, although it's a tragic story. And um, uh, I, I was going to um, pitch a uh, a docudrama mm-hmm. based on, like a comedy, based on uh, you know what happened later to Pete Best, and then when you, as soon as you start reading, you realise it's too depressing. So it's probably best not to. You could probably do something that was like a, um, an avatar for, right? You'd have to do it like a fictional massive band and uh, someone who left But everyone band. would know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. The thing is, do you know what I mean? You were in the Beatles just before they became really famous and then you left the Beatles, then they became really famous. And it's not like being in any band and mm. then becoming famous. You know, let's say you were in Coldplay and you left just before Coldplay made it big. Beatles changed the entire world. And the world that you're living in is now forever affected by... And he didn't leave. He got fired because he didn't want to cut his hair. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get me hair cut. (laughs) I'll do it. I don't mind. (laughs) Um, I'll get I'll get me good friend Scylla to do it, <laughs> otherwise known as Scylla Black. The, my name's Richard, Richard Starkey, but my friends call me Ringo, because I wear a ring. Go. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wear a Ringo, but I'm a bit wacky, not an actual ring, a Ringo crisp. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, this guy, hey, this guy fits in. Let's get him in the band. I reckon we could fucking... <laughs> I reckon we could fucking bully him. Oh, oh John. <laughs> we are the famous Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Anyway, so I really yeah, like Help. The Beatles, there are, there the are Beatles. Some, a, it's, it's pretty racist now when you watch it. Yeah, uh, Help so it's, it's, probably, it's probably better, which is odd, isn't it? Because they were so well travelled, mm. they've made this kind of very nineteen sixties dated comedy. Um, uh, but um, but if you if you kind of like overlook the music videos, are incredible on Help, um, 
And uh, the Beatles in that film are the coolest I think they've ever been. Mm. And they all look like they're genuinely enjoying themselves. Mm. Sure, they were getting paid, but they looked like they were <laughs> genuinely enjoying themselves. Was that the one where John's got his, uh, his Rolex <coughs> jumper? Is it all that sort of... They were all wearing military uh, and this sort of like... Because um, uh, the, the, as Ring goes, I found a ring and I've put it on, but it's a sacrificial ring. That's right, that's health. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now there's a whole uh, there's a whole group of uh, racially ambiguous <laughs> uh, militant uh, religious freaks uh, who are all after me to cut off my head, <laughs> and that's the story for how. And then so they have to travel all the way around the world and uh, escape from them. There's some really good bits in it. I bet and their I, schedule was horrific. The, the Beatles. Beatles. I mean, when did they sleep? I suppose it was all uh, bloody amphetamines. But like you think, God, they did a lot, didn't they, in that kind of period? Well, how many albums? They cram did they have? a lot in. Is it thirteen albums? Something like that, isn't it? In sort of space of like nine years or something. Yeah, um, they weren't together that long. And you think you've got yeah doing these films at the same time, and they're good. Like uh, they are well done. They're not like you know, it's not like they phone it in. And I mean, I suppose after there's a point after they stop touring and things where they just make in records. But still, you sort of go. They're also on tour when all this is going on. Yeah, but that's why they stopped, isn't it? They mm. were really tired. But, I mean, that's probably why they split up, to be fair. Mm. Um, that and uh, some of them were a little bit controlling. Hey, what are you saying? <laughs> um, so, fucking... My name uh, is... Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I started saying my name. I was looking. Right, let's do. What should we do? Should we do some fan mail? Let's we'll, do some fan mail now. Let's do some fan mail now. Get it out the way and we'll talk about what we way. bloody watched. Because um, we'll talk about what we bloody want. <laughs> it's our show. Yeah. yeah I Oof. don't care. I don't care. Oh, anyway. So what's the? Uh... There we go. There we go. Yeah, I knew it was one of the two. Now we're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> now we start. The show starts here. Midday. Hello, everyone. Is that how they sound? It's sort of like Nigel Farage. <laughs> hello, everyone involved. Hello, everyone involved. If, he, if Nigel Farage, one I noticed, says issue. Issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, but not, not like even like you did it. Issue. Issue. Is that like people say tissue? Fuck off. Sexual. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh. Sexual tissue. Uh, sexual tissue. Um, that's that's what I think is weird. Do you know what I mean? Sexual tissues. No, yeah, it's just sort of like you know, if uh, when you when you go out for a meal, right? You have two sorts of napkins, don't you? You have paper napkins mm-hmm. and you have like cotton napkins, mm-hmm. plus napkins, mm-hmm. right? Except in. Um, uh, Bodines, where they just give you some kitchen roll and just go, oh, just wipe yourself up, disgusting. But it's still paper, isn't it? Still paper. But you don't really have that for sex stuff, do you? You don't really have kind of like on um, a roll. It's it's normally it's normally just all sort of like tissues and uh, and sure kitchen roll if you need to socks <laughs> sometimes. But you don't really have kind of like a cloth. A cloth, you know, like uh, you could have kind of like those um, those towel holders either side of your bed with kind of like <laughs> um, a sex towel on it, <laughs> just for like mopping up jizz and stuff. Well, p- 
pop it in the washing machine. Dragon's Den. Pop it in the washing machine. And then you can reuse it. But if anything, I mean, it's, it's good it's for the good planet. Environment. If anyone else is getting through uh, kitchen roll as fast as I am, uh, I think you've got to really understand it's probably good for the environment. Mm. Uh, you've been banned from Bodine, haven't you? <laughs> it's the only place that gives it out freely. Um, There's always like a, some like barbecue sauce that's like imprinted on top of it as well. But <laughs> it's like where someone's grabbed it from the top. You go, oh. Yeah. Track and stand, that is a good idea. Mm. Just write that down, that link. Just, <laughs> just walk in, all, all crunchy. <laughs> so, tired of being covered in your own uh, <laughs> s- sexually, sexual <laughs> juices. Uh, and then you kind of like, that's a good pitch, isn't it? Just coming in with your trousers as stiff as a board. <laughs> so, you could have really done with something to mop all of this jizz up. Uh, and what I'm suggesting is you just have like a couple of towel holders either side of your bed, and then you just have like a, a sex towel either side. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, that's just my thought it's of the day. Idea. It's my good thought idea. of the day. If anyone from Dragon's Den is listening, I'm uh, thinking of you, uh, uh, Theo. Uh, <laughs> I, that could have been a Cosby kid. <laughs> so, hello everyone involved. Hello everyone involved in making of this radio show. The Oscars are just around the corner. Do you fancy having a competition with the listeners to who can get the closest correct predictions of the Oscar winners? Not really. If not, that is fine. But what are your predictions for film? I think best film, Casablanca. Director... Mm, Hitchcock. Hitchcock, probably. Actor, Cary Grant, why not? Actress, hmm. Hmm. Susan Sarandon. <laughs> I do like Susan Sarandon. Why not? I do like Susan Sarandon. Uh, my favourite film that she was in is uh, That's My Boy, starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> Although it's a bit of a uh, bit of a spoiler, I suppose, because they get an actress to do the beginning. Um, when she has sex with the underage boy. Oh, she's not played by Sarandon. When she's young, it's this girl that looks like Susan Sarandon. And the first time you watch it and you don't know Susan Sarandon's in it, you watch it and you go, oh, there's this woman. And then she goes to prison because she's a paedophile. It's a great comedy. (laughs) And uh, she goes to prison. And then uh, later on in the film, when Adam Sandler's grown up, he goes to visit her in prison, and the big reveal is it's Susan Sarandon. And then you go, of course, because that girl at the beginning looked exactly like Susan Great Sarandon. Casting. It's amazing casting, amazing uh, film, and it's one of those rare uh, moments where you actually see Susan Sarandon letting her hair down and really bloody enjoying herself. She's great. And she, get, she gets off with Sandler as well, uh, and she is uh, a paedophile. <laughs> uh, but it's all played very light. You know, for laughs almost. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on a true story, so you don't want to make it too heavy. Um, so, 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 Susan Sarandon. Best actress. Best actress. Uh, supporting actress. Uh, probably Susan Sarandon's best friend. Sure. She in. should be supporting actress. Or the young Susan Sarandon. No, just someone that can give her support. Oh, yeah. Uh, supporting actor. Who's going to support Cary Grant? Brad Pitt. It'd be good. <laughs> Animation um, for probably uh, Porco Rosso or good, yeah. uh, My Neighbour Totoro. <laughs> yeah, they're good, yeah. 
or um, the bit when The Rock t- shows up in uh, The Mummy 2. Um, <laughs> all the best, Fran. Okay, all that's the, best. the end of that. Um, do you think? Do you think we'll get the Oscar? What do you think we'll get the Oscar? Don't, I don't give a fuck. 1917, isn't it? Of course, oh. it, that's what we'll do it. Um, 1917, I think, uh, is is. Uh, do you know what? It's the one to beat. I uh, I, I left it thinking it's one of the best cinematic experiences I've ever had, and I don't think that translates to being the best film ever made. No, but I think it's very Oscar-y. But it's so technically they, what he does, what he's managed to do there. What's the cunt called? Sam Mendes. Mm. What he's managed to do there on a technical level has pushed cinema to such a degree that basically you go, give him the fucking Oscar, isn't it? Because he's done stuff with... What are you going to do? Tell a story? Move me emotionally? <laughs> or are you going to put me in the fucking trenches of World War One and make me bloody uh, scared for my life? What do you think is its closest contender in the Oscars? Oh. Um... They normally do something like sound editing just before, don't they? <laughs> okay, so uh, whacking Phoenix for the Joker. No, he's not. Gonna, he's not going to win. He's not going to win because um, he's not going to win. Who uh, won the thingy, the Golden Globe for it? Wasn't it whacking Phoenix? He did get it. Mm. I. Uh, I think that it's. Um, I think that the Oscars isn't that a little bit more liberal. Well, I think it's all nothing the same wrong with people. being liberal. I think it's all the same people. I wouldn't. I think if, I it's, know, not, if were, it's not Joaquin, it's Adam Driver. I think. People were. Well, Adam, just give Adam Driver an award every day, just for showing up, I think. He's fucking. What for? Uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, yeah, for The Rise of Skywalker, yeah. God, it's just. It's about time that those movies got recognised by the Academy. <laughs> <sighs> the Irishman has got ten nominations. Has it? And it's on Netflix. What a fucking so great marriage fucking story. movie! Mm. Uh, marriage Story, has that got ten nominations? It's, it's got a lot on it. Um, Little Women has got <coughs> ten, I believe. Or ten. nine, or is it nine? Oh, little and Women. I think it, uh, little Women's been uh, nominated for nine little men. <laughs> Golden men. I'm talking about the Oscars. Oscars. The Oscars. The Oscars. Um... I reckon what they should do, actually, at the Oscars next year, is they should get all of the actors and they should uh, get them to pick litter on the side of the road and chain them all up together. <laughs> now, come on, I do agree in award ceremonies. I don't necessarily agree that we should make them all into a chain gang. <laughs> Season surrounding there. <laughs> Picking up used condoms. <laughs> this is a tweet from John Greedo. A bedroom towel. Uh, oh, bedroom towels. If uh, just in case anyone's interested in buying a, uh, a sex towel, uh, just uh, send us an email and um, I'll uh, get the patent going. Um. Tweet from John Garrido. He's our American American fan. correspondent. Uh, I love it when he messages. Would love it if a few more of you messaged. <laughs> John Greedo, Greedo, hello John. Uh, if you, you you listen live, don't you? Uh, Greedo, the real editor John at real editor John. Thank you for bringing fan club to 2020 for people like me who look forward to this air. Oh, hang on, he's American. Thanks, thank you for bringing 
fan club 2020 for people like me you who look forward to this every week. In addition, I encourage you to try all the American sweets in your local shop, despite the Twinkie experience. I ate that Twinkie, that leftover Twinkie, and I fucking loved it. Thanks, John. I'm going to... John, could you give us some recommend? What would you say if you had to? If you had to, John, not the most popular sweets, not the most popular ones necessarily, not the ones we've seen in the movies, but if you had to recommend what you would say are the best American sweet shop candy store... Sweets to buy. What? What? I'll, I'll give it a go. I just want a top recommendation of what you think is the best one. Now, what you're setting up is the slowest fucking conversation ever recorded. No, I'll get in touch. Yeah, right. So he might be listening live. So uh, he will tweet, mm-hmm. and uh, next week, if Natalie deems it <laughs> acceptable, she will find that tweet. Yeah. She'll put it up, and then you'll find your answer out. And then I'll go and get it, and then I'll have it, and then I'll report back. Sure. So it could go on for weeks. Part one of a new feature. Certainly. Well, we've done 32 minutes now. Hello, I'd like to go on holiday soon, and you both sound like seasoned travellers. I'm not. Not, not Nick, at all. I imagine you're more of a person that enjoys planes. <laughs> um, I do enjoy a plane, I'll tell you that. But do you know what I fucking love? Why do I not sound like I enjoy nah, a plane? you sound like you enjoy a country walk, a walk with tweeds. Wow. Uh where would you uh, recommend? Do, does she mean that you're wearing tweeds? Country walk with tweeds. I guess when I go or, on my country or, walks, I do. Or with that family, the tweeds. <laughs> Where would you recommend me to go? Uh, <laughs> well, I like a boat. Um, I'm not a very seasoned traveller, I'll tell you why. Um, I, I never had any money when I was starting out. And um, when I did start making an, uh, some money, um, I couldn't take any time off because I was self-employed. So I haven't travelled that much. Uh, in the last few years, I've been to Vietnam and Sri Lanka. And I would recommend uh, to everyone, um, go to Haolong Bay before uh, the uh, tourist trade absolutely destroys it. <laughs> Is it very pretty? <laughs> it's beautiful, but like fucking hell. And I'm not sure if it's even the tourists, but they just literally... There's these beautiful rock formations, and I went on a boat, and I never slept so well. And uh, it was like a ten cabin um, boat, and then you go kind of like uh, canoeing around all of these rock formations. It was incredible, right? Um, but all of the locals, they literally throw rubbish into the into the sea. Oh. And then there's just sort of like huge collections of like plastic bottles and stuff that's all in, and it's, it's so sad because it's just kind of like, why would you? you don't, I guess it's because they live there, they don't realise how beautiful it is. But it's yeah, honestly, it's the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen. Sometimes when you look out of your window and see the streets of London, I think you sometimes take that, that for granted. That cunt that's done my phone is out there somewhere. <laughs> um, so I don't know, I would recommend Howlong Bay if you want to travel, but. Um, I've hardly been anywhere. Me either. I don't go on holiday. Hi, Nat and Nick. NNN. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last week and thoroughly enjoyed it, which led me to go into the Quentin's... Into the Quentin's Batcat. Into the Quentin's Batcat. Oh, God. A Batcat. That's a good thing to have, isn't it? I hadn't noticed the feet thing before, but I see it now. How do you feel about feet in films? Do you have nice feet, Billy? Is Um, this guy a pervert? Is is he a pervert, Natalie? 
yeah, probably. Mm, Billy. Do we have nice feet? She's not I listening. actually think my, my feet are, uh, are quite horrible. I think everyone thinks their feet are horrible. Um, I think my feet smell, and there's very little I can do about that. Uh, so I'm ashamed of my feet. But um, I'm not going to bloody start washing them. <laughs> hey, you talk about sugary drinks a lot. How do you feel about the flavoured colas, Malcolm Roots? Is that... That can't be... Yeah, so that's not Levi Roots' son, is it? Is that someone who's pretending to be in is the that, Roots family? Is, that, is, that <laughs> is, is he someone trying to trying to get in on the, the heir to the Roots fortune? Um, what I will say is this, right? Uh, when I was growing up, I was a massive fan of Cherry Coca-Cola, right? Just straight old Cherry Coke. Loved it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to Nando's, I will make myself a uh, Coke Zero with the splash of Fanta at the top, right? Love it, right? So I don't mind Coke with orange and stuff like that. Um, when I worked in a pub, I would put orange segments in uh, the post-mix Coke, and I would drink that behind the bar, or I would put lime in there, and I would drink lime and Coke. I think all of the uh, Coca-Cola manufactured uh, flavours are disgusting, uh, and I do not, I cannot, for the life of me, understand how Diet Coke with cherry tastes so disgusting when they're the inventors of cherry coke mm. Where, but however if you cherry coke is way too sweet now i think so if you really want uh, i think pepsi max cherry is the drink of choice and then you know pepsi max raspberry not as good pepsi max um ginger that's uh, fine isn't it? but pepsi max cherry is a classic it's absolutely delicious um but I quite enjoy the vanilla one. Vanilla, yeah. But what I would say is, why? Don't you, I mean, you could just stick a vanilla stick, vanilla stick in, in sure. the, and you could just like I like Coca Cola with lime, but when they make it manufactured, it tastes fucking wrong. I just think it all tastes synthetic. Well, uh, what like in uh, the fly <laughs> when he's eating a steak? It's gone through a teleporter. <laughs> um, I like my favourite drinks. Sugary drinks from childhood would be Ernbrew, still. Still, now, does that off. taste of actual iron? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. We realised Natalie's never had an iron brew. We should get her one and get it on. She's not listening. Not listening. Not listening. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so there you go. That's my and I, Keith I Valentine like, um, Hubba Bubba drink. Keith Valentine Graham is Levi Roots' real name. You oh. like the Hubba Bubba drink? Oh, I mean, you like the. Do you know what, though? I am a real sucker for uh, limited edition things. I got a limited edition uh, dime bar that's uh, lemon, a lemon dime bar the other day. How was it? Lovely. Okay. Lovely. Happy New Year to you both. Love the show. We've been watching a lot of TV recently. You talk in super great detail at length about the ten films you watch a day. What TV do you like, Nancy and Sue? Do don't really what? watch any. That was kind of like, I don't really like telly. I'll tell you why. I like a story to be told in two hours, and then I'm out. Yeah. And I've got everything I need from it. Yeah. I find like ongoing series like Game of Thrones just like I might start them and I might enjoy some episodes, but basically at the end of the day it's such a fucking commitment. I did Breaking Bad, but it was when all the series had finished and I just sort of like smashed through them on DVD and it's only four series. But um, I don't have uh, the patience to. I stick don't. With I quite like very limited TV. I can do that if it's like a. I really enjoyed the Night of a year or two ago. But I think there's like, what is that, four episodes or something? But and also, I can do that. Also, a lot of the time, the, they haven't got a plan for what they're going to do with the series. And so you have people that go on and on about how great this series is, and then they're always disappointed by the last series. Yeah, there's like lots Lost of people. and Game of Thrones, and everyone was sort of like kicking off about it. And you go, ha, 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 I've literally had to spend fucking 
uh, eight years listening to people banging on about Game of Thrones, and then all of a sudden it got to the last series, and they didn't have a plan for it, and then it's over, and you go, well, fucking hell, what a waste of my fucking time. Whereas hey. Casablanca, in and out, fucking over. Great performances, sticks with you forever. It's two hours. Hello, you're doing a... Oh, although I watched Dracula. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, uh, three, one and a half hours. Yes. Sure. Three movies. Three movies. That's how, I guess that's how they sort of were treated, I suppose. With, like, sequels that came, like, straight away. Um, what do you think? I really liked the first couple. Thought it went off the boil a bit by the end. But it was all right. I liked. I really liked the first two. The, the first one was Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Ken Russell's Dracula. Um, uh, and it was a bit like... It was like a hammer mixed with Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula yeah. and Ken Russell. Yeah. And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> I, like, I liked... I liked... Uh, yeah, I really liked the... I liked the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I liked them all, actually. I didn't love them all, but I did. Uh, yeah, good fun. Um, good fun. Yeah, I did find the the one liners a little bit great after a while. Oh yeah. Um. So it was very arch, and I found that a little bit like yeah, I get it, but I just thought they maybe could have used that a bit more sparingly. But um, yeah, I really loved the first one, and I thought the special effects and the set and the scenery all looked incredible. <clears throat> uh. Dolly Wells was in it. I've worked with her. She's lovely. I thought she was very good. She's brilliant and uh, really... Let's get her on. Let's get Dolly Wells on. Um, She won't do it. (laughs) Um, So so she was really good. And uh, yeah, and the guy that played Dracula, Klaus... Clay's Bang. Clay's Bang. Ah, wow, he was good. He was really good. That was Um, good. And the second one on the boat, that was all right. I like that one too. too. And the last one is the one that everyone was saying, "Oh, bloody hell, Dracula shat the bed." I didn't. I didn't. I certainly didn't dislike it I as didn't much have as a most people. With it. I think what they did with the Lucy characters, they recontextualised mm. it to make it make it uh, make more sense to me. Mm. It was kind of like I know people like that. Apparently, a lot of people have complained because of the way they portrayed women, but I I think that's bullshit. In the in the in the in the book and in all the adaptations, Lucy is portrayed as a two-dimensional mm. uh, slut, and uh, that's her character. And I think that they to get rid of uh, Mina in the first two episodes to deal with her character arc in the first two episodes, and then spend like the last mm. one dealing with Lucy. I thought that that made loads of sense, and um, <coughs> yeah, I just thought it just recontextualised it in a way that um, it actually made that sort of, her sort of two-dimensional character more believable. I thought her makeup, though, towards the end was terrible. But there you go. I guess it is a problem, isn't it? The BBC, they've only got so much, haven't they? Well, I just... I, 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 I can understand the problem. They're trying to do something that's horrific, but also they can't push it too far because people won't want to watch it. So they kind of... I just felt like it was a bit compromised, but... Um, yeah, I, but I like the idea. It, but do you know what I mean? It's a little bit like Helena Bonham Carter in uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yes, I know the one. Uh, you know, the, and that is, she is hideous in mm. that. And it's kind of like, it's difficult to look at. 
um, and really sort of like you really sympathise with that character and um, not that it's a great film but you sympathise with that character and uh, it's kind of like the similar thing that they try to do anyway I really liked it there you go but we'll play a song and then we'll talk a little bit about something else We're back, cunts. So here we are. Um, uh, John uh, Garrido has yeah. messaged you. So it's not the slowest conversation ever in the history of. No, it's like a proper phone in. It's like LBC. Um, it says, Hey guys, of course I'm listening live and I heard your request. I'm happy to suggest Oreos and Reese peanut butter cups for a few American. They actually are a couple of good ones. Yeah, an Oreo, to be fair. An Oreo. An Oreo. Uh, they, I saw an Oreo donut the other day in um, Tesco's. I was quite tempted by. Uh, they do Oreos and everything now, don't they? Um, you know what they say about Oreos? Once you pop, you can't stop. That's what they say because uh, they're, they're Moorish. Also, for chips. Re crisps. I love flaming hot Cheetos. Well, they're addictive, apparently, aren't they? There's all Cheetos. sorts of challenges where flaming hot Cheetos people just. I think Cheetos are like a knickknack. I think, aren't they? Um, they're like a what's it? More like a what's it than a knickknack. They're like a thin what's it, I would say. But um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about flaming hot. Uh, do you know what? I fucking love a cheese Cheeto. I think uh, why mess with perfection? If you want to make it unpleasantly hot. Um, you know, um, eat some hot sauce afterwards. <laughs> but why, why ruin, why ruin something? Uh, Cheetos are scientifically proven to be addictive. Yeah, once you tear into a bag, it's hard to stop, and there's a reason for it. According to an Oxford study, the brain associates the crunching sound with freshness. So you might be convinced that you're eating uh, that what you're eating is more appetising than it really is. No, 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 no. Not more appetising than it really is. Cheetos are appetising. They're delicious. That, that, that's what appetising means, isn't it? That they're delicious. You know, it's got nothing to do with freshness. The brain associates the crunching sound with freshness, so you might be convinced that you're eating that what you're eating is more appetising than it really is. No, it is appetising. Cheetos mm. are delicious. What you mean is that you might be convinced that what you're eating is more healthy, healthy. than it really is. Mm. I hate it when these Oxford students turn out to be utter cunts. <laughs> the burning sensation we get from the peppers in hot Cheetos causes a release of natural opioids and dolphins. I love dolphins. In our bodies. Hello. You're, oh, right. Hello. This is a new one. Hello. You're doing a chat about sweets. Have you ever tried cheese chocolate or peanuts and ketchup chocolate? They are pretty delish. As is your show, Kisses, Mitzi. You've been dreaming again, Mitzi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, chaps. Your show is so lit. What does that mean? It's like, cool. Is that the fire emoji lit? Yes. That's right. Uh, Yeah, I think I am lit. I'm well lit. Um, When your show... Fucking hell, you fucking... Miserable producer. Hi, chaps. Your show is so lit. I've got to do it all again now, and we're running out of time. We're running out of time, Hyacinth. Onslow's parked in the driveway. (laughs) 
Hi, <laughs> <laughs> chaps. Your show is so lit. As proved by that impression. Uh, <laughs> when your show starts, so does my weekend. I think you're both so sick. Could you give me a cunty shout-out for me and my boys, Tobbs, Dex, and Doug? Cheers, Big Petey. Do you um, know what? All the way through, I, I, like thought that. That was, I thought that was a woman. There you go. Bit of a twist at the end. Uh, Petey. Like Psycho. Uh, Petey, I think you, Tobbs, Dex and Doug are all cunts. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's made your weekend. <laughs> now, I <laughs> uh, guess... Uh, right, yeah. So, um... Tea, uh, there you go. Right, right. So, i tell you what I watched over the last two nights. I know. We haven't... We've just... <laughs> It's 12.53. Say <laughs> what I watched over the last Go on. Uh, Count Yorga. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you seen them? Yeah, I've seen them. Good, right? Good, yeah. Um, yeah. So, speaking of Dracula, I, so, so the Dracula series, I really enjoyed it. I found it very entertaining. I stuck with it the whole time. Um... Uh, I, didn't, I, I, I liked a lot of it. Didn't like some of it, and uh, but I was stuck with it right the way through the all mm-hmm. three episodes. Right, uh, Count Yorga. I think um, it's. Uh, I was trying to. I think the wanky thing would be for me to say, "Well, it's no Count." Yorga. Do you know what I mean? To be like, "Oh, it was, it's an old film," and to side with the old film. But to be fair, um, I loved it. It didn't necessarily. Uh, uh, Count Yorga or Dracula? Count Yorga. It didn't necessarily... I watched both of them. Uh, there's Count Yorga and The Return of Count Yorga. And uh, it didn't necessarily hold my undivided attention for both films all the way through. I did watch them all, but I drifted off a few times. Mm. And I didn't do that with Dracula. But, oddly, I loved everything about them. I remember really enjoying them, and I watched them probably a year or two ago. I can't remember anything about them now. Oh, right. They're like a modern... Um, so it's basically like Dracula AD 72, isn't it? It's Dracula in the modern... But I think before that, though... Well, I think it might predate it, yeah. yeah. Um, I think so. It's late 60s, uh, and it's uh, basically there's, uh, uh, it's basically a Dracula knockoff, but it's this guy called Count Yorga, uh, and he comes to modern-day Los Angeles, which is 60s, 70s, and uh, he starts... Um, uh, what? He starts killing people. Um, I just fucking loved them, though. Um what I liked is that it wasn't Dracula. Mm-hmm. It's kind of... They say it's a Dracula knockoff, but he is different from Dracula. He dresses like Dracula, he looks like Dracula, but he is different from Dracula. It's weird, because it is the public domain. I would have thought you'd just go, yes, Count Dracula. Well, it was going to be a porno. Oh, was it? So it was originally a softcore porn film, and then the main actor, who uh, his name escapes me right now, but I will look him up. Uh, as soon as my phone starts being a dick. Um, so it was going to be a softcore porn film, and then what happened was... Um, uh, like a horror-related one? Like it was going to be... Yeah, it was going to be exactly what it was, but uh, in actual fact... So who... The um, uh, the the mayor out of... Uh, Michael Murphy, the mayor out of Batman Returns, mm-hmm. um, uh, he, I think for the first three days they were shooting it as a softcore porn film. And the mayor of Batman Returns, Michael Murphy, uh, there are scenes where he's basically having sex with women. And uh, they're all really truncated scenes where he sort of like gets his top off and he starts having sex and then they cut to another scene. So basically the first three days they filmed this softcore porn film. And then uh, Robert, Robert Quarry, 
mm-hmm. was the lead actor, and uh, he said uh, he was kind of like a character actor, and he was uh, he really used to he used to look up to Vincent Price, and he used to do like a, a few films together. He was kind of like a secondary lead. Um, I think he I think he is in one of the Price films, right? Is he in? Yeah. Um, Dr. Fibes, I think you might yeah, be. Yeah, he's in Dr. Fibes. Uh, and uh, the abominable Dr. Fibes. Mm. And um, uh, so what happened with that was um, that basically uh, Vincent Price was quite difficult to work with and they lined him up as kind of a replacement Vincent Price. That's right. And I think he sort of gloated a little bit about it. I think in jest, but Vincent Price was really... Uh, was, one of the stories was Robert Quarry was singing on set and he walked past Vincent Price uh, and he said, didn't know you I could sing, did you? And Vincent Price said, well, you can't act. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like, oh, right. You know the Monster Mash, just Mm. by the way? You know the main, I was working in a lab late one night. You know the main voice in that? Mm -hmm. That's meant to be Boris Karloff. Oh, I can hear that, yeah, yeah. I've heard it all the way through, all my life, and then it was only last week that it was just like, he's doing a Boris Karloff impression. There you go. Anyway, so Robert Quarry was kind of like, all lined up to be this replacement, uh, Vincent Price, and then uh, he got uh, Count Yorker Vampire. Uh, It was 1970, uh, and he suggested that, do you know what, this is actually quite a good script, and can we just do it so it's not porn? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Especially as he's like a proper actor, he's going to go. Could it just not? Could it just not be a porn? Can it just not be a porn? Mm-hmm. And um, just look to find. So it's not. So it's not. So they so they changed it, and it's really good. So the difference between him, he's basically a bitch. He's this um, aristocrat who turns up in modern day Los Angeles. He doesn't have like an accent. And when I say modern day, I mean nineteen seventy Los Angeles, and he. Um, uh, interestingly enough, I guess last week Kim Newman does uh, an extra on the DVD, and he was basically saying that when Bram Stoker wrote Dracula, it was contemporary. It was set mm. in modern times, uh, and when uh, they made the Bela Lugosi Dracula, that was set in the 1930s. Mm. So it's kind of like Dracula is contemporary. Yeah, it's not meant to be like a. It's not meant to be like a Victorian throwback. It's meant to kind of like yeah, probably it, what they were thinking in the Draculas. It's set in the modern day. Mm. Um, I didn't have a problem with that. I think it's really weird that people start going apeshit mm. over it. Um, but so, uh, so it's like him in modern day um, Los Angeles, and uh, yeah. So when he is the, when he's just being the count, he's got like all of these kind of like scathing um, one-liners where people kind of like come. I think it's quite funny, but he's just so sort of like he's really, but he's. Um, it's all done really straight. So you, it's kind of like the same era as Hammer, but Hammer was very campy. And this isn't very campy at all. This isn't campy at all, really. It's kind of played really straight. And there's some, uh, especially in the sequel, there's some actual imagery in the sequel that is just really kind of like, fit, you know, pretty shocking and really well done. There's like this scene right at the beginning where all of these bodies come out of graves and you just go... I don't know how they did it. It's kind of like it's half Hammer hmm. and half Night of the Living Dead, basically. I think the Hammer ones, though, they do the Hammer vampire ones. I think become quite self-parodying a bit, whereas but but the early ones are really quite creepy. I was watching Brides of Dracula in the week, and there's some lovely bits in that where there's like there's one of the kind of 
older sort of vampire women who's and uh one of the the brides who has been buried she's being coaxed out by like this older one who's sort of on the the floor of this graveyard just whispering to her going you can do it just push and it's like a birth like telling it to push right, yeah. through the ground and you have all that kind of yeah and you go it's a really nice bit that and another really nice bit where there's like padlocks on the um the uh the coffin that kind of are being sort of undone yeah sort of. sure and it's it's like really nice images of like stuff that you kind of think would later be kind of parodied or just done again or redone you sort of, you're watching this thing going this will be the first time i've seen this actually this is like this is where it comes from all this stuff sure but when count yorker does it i mean it's kind of like no romanticism to it when he mm. turns into the vampire he's a it's just him and they've, they've made his face pale and they've given him two sets of like pointy sharp teeth but he is a monster like he turns into a, a monster there's nothing kind of like seductive about him. He's just basically going and he's going to fucking kill you. And all of his brides, um, they come out of the ground at the beginning of the second one and they're basically zombies that are just sort of... And so they come out of the ground and towards the end they're, they're sort of like invading this house and one of them's got leaves stuck in her hair. They're not like sexy brides that are kind of like, oh, vampires are sexy. They're monsters, you know? Mm. And I really like that. It was just kind of like fairly matter-of-fact and all the way through it they're going, they're fucking vampires. And they're like going, fuck off of their vampires. It's not vampires. <laughs> like no one... Because it's just like, vampires are ridiculous. How can they be vampires? We all know about vampires. Um, which I think makes sense that his name is Count Yorga. When um, uh, you're watching the Dracula BBC series and everyone seems to be painfully aware of all of the, the conventions of, of vampires, they were all fucking set up through Dracula and the movies yes, of Dracula. So, it so it's just not like, how does everyone know what the rules of uh, vampires are if uh, there was never a book... Uh, by mm. Bram Stoker called Dracula whereas Count Yorga kind of exists in a world where people are aware of they can get away with the fact that vampires yes yeah yeah they're a mythology uh, they don't mention Dracula but you mean they, you're possibly living in a world where Dracula exists and so people are aware of the conventions of, Drac uh, of, yeah. of vampires. And so when a vampire comes along, they're all going, it's crazy, vampires aren't real. Whereas in the Dracula thing, it's kind of like, Count Dracula turns up and everyone knows how to deal with vampires. It's kind of like, he's the one that started all of, you know, that fictional character. One of my favourite Hammer uh, vampire films is Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter. And in that, it's set in med medieval times, so it's sort of way before... Uh, sort of Dracula in the mythology and in that there's a great sequence where they basically capture a vampire and they're trying to kill it but they don't they no, don't no. know any of the the things so there's this great thing where they're trying to hang it and things and they're just like it's a really sort of funny sequence where they're <coughs> doing all these things and this vampire in great sort of pain and things where they're just doing things that they think will kill <laughs> it and it's like the accident and it's almost like by accident they work out they can stick a wooden stake through it and it goes that'll do it but it's like a sort of funny thing where it's played for laughs like yeah. they just try all these kind but of this, horrific things to kill it and they but, just won't die but there's nothing in Count Yorga that really is played for there's one bit where there's this sort of like uh, senile priest uh, and they go uh, Count Yorga he goes who? And they go Yorga he goes tried that once I got bent in all sorts of funny <laughs> shapes and it's kind of like no not yoga you know that's the joke do you know what I mean but it's like there it stands alone in this sea of very seriousness you know a lot of it's just it, none of it is campy and none of it's really played for laughs 
Um, Natalie's gone. I was just about to ask her. Anyway, I recommend. Uh, is that is that Esther? Um, Natalie, uh, no, not Natalie. Um, I recommend um, if anyone likes Hammer movies or vampire films in general, or really enjoyed the recent uh, Dracula films on uh, Dracula series on BBC. If you like any of that stuff, or you just like horror stuff, um, the two Count Yorga films. I, I remember. Th- really, I remember really enjoying them. Actually, I think th- I might watch them I again. I think that there's genuine horror in them. I think like, and I don't, I don't find Hammer films scary, and I don't necessarily find these scary. I think scary is the wrong word, but they are horrific hmm. uh, in in places, and the imagery is really striking. I, I, and I, I think that the Hammer movies are iconic, but I don't necessarily think that um, the imagery really sticks with me. But with this, there were some real shots that were just like fucking hell. That was you know, and when he is. Uh, a monster they do this thing where he runs at people in slow motion and he's just basically screaming at them with his like mouth and he's fucking terrifying and I don't I don't you know Christopher Lee is all playing it for uh, charm the sexuality and charm and this guy is just a fucking beast it's just it's, it's funny, my favourite thing about the, the first Hammer Dracula is when Christopher Lee comes down the stairs he's not even talking in in anything like a foreign accent he sort of goes hello I'm Crown Dracula and I welcome you <laughs> to my house it's like he's just like an English it's like everyone it's like these people from England come and see him and he just talks back to them in Engli- in an English accent yeah the same with Count Yorgi he's not um, <laughs> so, so, I, I know you really like uh, uh, Dracula now, but it's the same with Count Yorgi um, <laughs> uh, he, he talks in an English accent uh, so what's your song that we're going to play well I was I, I was going to pick a, a song from Frozen 2 I've not seen Frozen 2 but I was working in a cinema a lot and I kept hearing this in the end credits and I kept going, that's an absolutely brilliant track. And I think it's by someone called Casey Musgraves. I don't think it's actually in the film itself, but it's in the closing credits of Frozen 2 and I thought it was great. Mitt hem och Nathaniel Metcalf Sandklapp på Fuba Radio. Now, we're uh, joined in the studio now by head of marketing for the restaurant Sweet Chick, uh, Jasmine Torres. Yeah. Is that if I said it right? Yeah, you said yes. it right. And now you're not on, are you? There you go, talking to your microphone, Jasmine. <laughs> hello. Yeah. Is that right? Is that on? Talk again. No, talk again. Hello, hello. Yes, trial and error. See, <laughs> um, I'm going to put them all on, and then that's fine. I'll put them all on. Yeah, but you say that. You say it's two, <laughs> but um, it was different last week. And um, so, do, you don't need to come in. I've got a cut. Oh, it's fucking hell. Hello, Jasmine. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm all right. Uh, Jasmine's just said no, no it's your really first asks. time on radio. Uh, it's my first time, yeah. And we're, as you can see, we're... Fully professional radio presenters. It's a, bit of a shame. it's a bit of a shame that you started with us because yeah. all other radio shows are going to seem like pieces of shit <laughs> in comparison. Uh, in comparison. Um, oh, right, good. So um, now, uh, Sweet Chick opened uh, in Oxford Circus uh, in September. Yeah, uh, end of September, beginning of October. And has it been? Yeah, it's been really good. It's uh, yeah, we've we've had a lot of. A lot of great feedback, a lot of, um, we're building our family. And what is it, uh, what makes, so it's fried chicken and waffles, right? Yeah, yeah. And what makes your chicken different? It is the best fried chicken you can find. So it started in 2013 in New York. 
by the founder, John Seymour. Um, and Nas was a really big fan. He's a hip hop mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he a big fan. He was a big fan of the chicken. So he wasn't involved in the restaurant at that no, point. No, no, not at that point. He was so much of a big fan that he wanted to jump on. So it's like his local chicken place. It is his local and chicken. And so, right, so he likes chicken. Yeah. Right? And so he goes into this restaurant mm-hmm. and he goes, fucking hell, I like chicken. This is the best chicken mm-hmm. I've ever eaten, <laughs> yeah. and I want to put my name on that. Exactly. I want to be very much Sweet Chicks Colonel Sanders. Yeah, exactly that. Wow. <laughs> Say no more. I mean, that's a, that's 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 because there is a lot of fried chicken. There is a hell of a lot of fried chicken. And so there. to basically be able to go, that is my favourite, and I want to stick my name and face on that. I mean. I want to stick my face on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's but what I say when I have fried chicken. <laughs> when I get fried chicken, I want to stick my, my face, face on that. On that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but so, right, endorse it like that. That's, that's actually really incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, right, so he got involved. Yeah, um, and then they opened uh, four more spots in the US and decided to bring it overseas to the UK. And, um, yeah, so, so it is. We opened in 2019. And um, yeah, it's going. Is the plan for Sweet Chick to take over the world and be millions of them, or does it want to be smaller than that? We want to be small. Like our ethos is to have fun, eat well, and to um, enjoy yourself. Really, okay. so it's not about world domination. No. It's all about spreading the love and eating well and having having fun. Really, and keeping the quality. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Chicken and waffles, so mm. that is so it's a pre existing thing. Yeah. I feel like I have heard this, but is that like a big thing in the States before Yeah, yeah. Chicken yeah. and waffles. It actually originated oh, in nah. New York as well. So uh yeah, it's a big, big thing. Why though? Why chicken and waffles? Have you tried I've I've had the chicken, combo. I've had chicken and waffles, yeah. I had chicken and waffles all the way back in two thousand and ten. Guys, that's even before. Uh, that's even before. See before you, Nas had you, it. In, um, you've you've literally just heard of it, and uh, I've been. Uh, I've it's, it's uh, a, a decade. A, a decade in, <laughs> I've been eating. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think it's a, okay. Right. So just to talk about it, rather than the fact that it's a product and you were working for this restaurant, just to talk about it in terms of getting your head around it. Mm-hmm. Now, chicken has bones in it, right? And waffles are sweet and soft. And um, chicken. So, uh, so what? So uh, that's the thing I can't really get my head around is the fact that you can't just sort of like get some chicken and put it in a waffle and then eat it all. It's kind of like there's bones and stuff oh, involved. No, no, and you've no. Got to go We've got like a there's a waffle, a fried chicken waffle sandwich. No bones, no oh, nothing. Nice. You can just go straight in. What? You still have it together? Yeah. So wait. So hang on. So oh, you, hang you, on. Can... you were thinking like you have some fried chicken <laughs> and then you have dessert, which is a waffle. Well, that's what I was going to ask. You've got it on the same plate. Mm-hmm. You sound you sound like a little bit like a 1970s I know I pizza do. presenter. I, do, I know I do. Who's just heard about barbecue I know sauce. I do, I do realise like, I'm like, um, what's he called? Uh, the bloke from Strictly who does that show with Aisy Harriet. Where <laughs> Len Wiseman. Len, 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 Is it Len Wiseman Len, or Len, Len Goodman? Len Goodman. Len, Len Wiseman <laughs> does the, the, the Underworld films. Yeah. <laughs> um, Len Goodman. So, so, so you'd have it on the same plate as, mm-hmm. and the waffles are sweet, right? Yeah. Sweet and you're waffles. having that with... With maple, like a maple, maple yeah, syrup and yeah. cream. Do you do it with? with no, not with cream. cream. We've got like different types of butter, like a lemon butter, 
uh, raspberry butter or a normal butter, depending on what butter. Normal, you they even do normal butter now. <laughs> Amazing. So let's say you've got them both on the same. Plate. I just want to say I'm on board, and I think this sounds delicious. I think it's gonna be delicious, but I'm getting my head around mm-hmm. it. <laughs> okay, so you got your chicken. <laughs> are you eating your chicken first? It's very single. Are you having a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of waffle while Live you're having your chicken. chicken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. Well, I never. Mind blowing. It is mind blowing. <laughs> Um, so it's your sweet and your savoury together. Indeed. Yeah, but come on, right? Okay, so let's just uh, let's put. It, okay, so if you were to have some barbecue chicken, sure, right, that would be chicken with sort of a sweet glaze on it, right? For sure. And you can have honey glazed chicken, and all okay. So it's not a new thing to combine okay. savoury with sweet, right? <laughs> no. And so all this is is instead of like having French fries mm-hmm. or mashed potato, sure. What you're doing is as an accompaniment to your chicken is you've got a waffle. Yeah. It's and we're talking about the sweet waffle. We're not talking about a bird's eye potato waffle, <laughs> no. which would make sense. Which would make sense. It makes sense. A Belgian style. A Belgian style waffle made for waffle irons and all that. Mm, yeah. Do you know what? Okay. They're waffly versatile. <laughs> sure. Um, so, okay. And do you eat there? Oh, of course I do. But not every day. At the moment, I have eaten that <laughs> oh. every day. Oh, right. Because yeah. you can't leave. <laughs> How does how are you feeling? I'm feeling good, you <laughs> yeah. know. We don't just do waffle chicken and waffles. So no, sure. Luckily. So, so currently, you've been there a while. You're eating there every day. Yeah. <laughs> Is the waffle chicken combination freaking you out still? Are you got <laughs> I'm totally used okay. To it. Okay, so that's how long it takes. So you opened in October. It's now the end of January, so we're saying three months. That's all you eat. That's when you start going, okay. <laughs> All right, I get it now. That's when it stops being novel. Exactly. Right, okay. Okay, I've got it. I'm just going to eat it for three months and then I won't be like, what? what? It's, pu- it's pudding and, uh, and main course in one. It is. But you normally start- when you eat like so the same stuff every day, you get bored of it, don't you? But this is almost like Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> where now, where now you, love, you love the chicken and the waffles. Um that's my point. <laughs> I'm gonna. St- no, you have. <laughs> I've been accused of talking too much, <laughs> uh, which I think is a bit weird considering it's my uh, radio show. Well, it's our radio show. You're yeah, <laughs> my co-host. <laughs> no, it's our okay, radio I'm here show. to, to, to tell the listeners about the combination of waffles <laughs> and chicken. It's a new idea for people. I'm trying to, I'm trying to no, sure. feed it to the... You're like that, that guy in uh, Hellboy uh, who joins the uh, organisation. You're like yeah. the eyes yes, of the that's audience. that's it. I'm the eyes of the audience. I'm the, the mouth of the audience in this case. <laughs> Where me and Jasmine, we, we know all about During chicken During the waffles. BPRD, you've been there a while. Sure. Um, Will Smith uh, in the Men in Black franchise. Mm. I'm coming into it. It's already going off. They're already dealing with oh, the aliens. Yeah. And I have to present them and introduce the audience to the concept that they're these, this, this covert government agency. Yeah, you're, you're Tommy Lee Jones and I'm Rip Torn. <laughs> That's right. In this sequence, but it's about sweet chick chicken. Oh, sweet chick. I've just got it. Just got it. The waffle sweet. <laughs> the chick is a chicken. Sweet chick. Yeah. Got it. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's lovely of you to come in. It's a pleasure. Um, so, okay, so it says, it says here that um, uh, so you've got the American, it's an American company. Yeah. You come over to England, 
Um, <laughs> and uh, come over to England, taking our chicken joints, <laughs> and come over to England, and you've like anglicised it slightly. There's, there's this kind of like uh, things that oh, uh, uh, you've kind of like, incorporated a British, slightly British. Oh, I don't know why you'd do that. <laughs> the reason, <laughs> the reason we like restaurants uh, from other countries is to get away from British food, <laughs> but. Um, uh, although I watched a thing in the week and they said the food in England is disgusting and I felt very kind of like... You were really offended. Yeah, I felt... No, I wouldn't say nationalistic, but I felt like... <laughs> I felt like, um, yeah, that's unfair. That's a bit unfair. I guess it's quite an old-fashioned idea, isn't it? That it's all kind of terrible. We've all got bad teeth. Mm. Mm. I don't know. This <laughs> just make it it's just you know I don't, I don't know really it's just all an echo chamber isn't it and it's just whoever you follow on Twitter and who follows you <laughs> and you know you only know um, you only just hear the same stuff that you think back at you and then when there are well we won't go into that it's political but <laughs> Uh, anyway, so you've <laughs> anglicised some of the menu. So, um, uh, how, how, what does that mean? Uh, we haven't oh, really. Is that bullshit? To be fair. Is no, that absolute bullshit? That's absolutely bullshit. It's bullshit on the press release, right? <laughs> where basically they're saying, "Oh, no, don't worry. If you don't like the idea of chicken and waffles, uh, we've got, um, you know, bangers and mash." No, no, far from it, to be fair. Okay. We, uh, we really haven't... Um, <laughs> yeah, change it at no, all. No, no, <laughs> no. Right, right. Southern not. Inspired Classics... Hang on, where does it say this? Uh, yeah, Southern Inspired Classics, such as shrimp and grits and biscuits and gravy. Now, biscuit mm-hmm. is a bit like a savoury scone, isn't it? It is, it is indeed, yeah. Um, and so when... Uh, so this is something for you to get your head around. <laughs> Hang on. Biscuits and gravy, it's gravy, and you get sort not of a, like... Not in a digestive. No, no. Right. You get sort of like... <laughs> no, I know. A salty scone. Mm-hmm. Or it's sort of like... Buttery. Not salty, but buttery, yeah. Okay. Which I guess is scones anyway, mm-hmm. isn't it? And then what makes the scone sweet, Nat? The waffle? It'll be the jam. It'll be the jam. On the oh, on, on a, a normal scone over here. On a here. normal scone over here. So it's basically, it's just a scone, right? So don't panic so about biscuits. Right. <laughs> it's a scone. <laughs> I wouldn't put gravy. Would you put gravy on a scone? Um, yeah, why not? Okay. They, they, they have do. done. Yeah. It's... It's a slightly <laughs> this guy. Oh my god! <laughs> um, so Southern Spice classics such as shrimp and grits and biscuits and gravy sit alongside new specials influenced by Sweet Chick's British Home. What what are grits actually? Grits are something. Fucking I've... hell! Haven't you seen my cousin Vinny? Well, I've seen I've seen it. I always see it referenced, but I don't actually know what grits are. Okay. What are grits? Tell him, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. He's got no idea. Phil Freezer, Phil of It's um, It's kind of like uh, this a grain thing, isn't it? That you that you like put on a griddle and then you cook with butter and stuff, and then they kind of it's it's sort of like isn't it a little bit like now? I might be wrong here. Is it a bit like a sort of porridge? Yeah, you're completely right. I was about to say. Is it no, a bit you like? Weren't. I was about to say, is it a bit like a fried up sugar puff? <laughs> <laughs> Best guess. Best guess. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Not no. like a sugar puff. No, More like no. a porridge oat. No. 
but um, uh, and but fried, fried to go with. No, so it is like a porridgey kind of texture. Okay, it's just done on a griddle. Yeah. All right. Okay. But you know, it's like, but grits are sort of like the entire um, plot turning point in My Cousin Vinny, when uh, Ralph Macchio has been accused of a murder that he claims mm-hmm. he didn't commit, so he has to get his cousin Vinny, Vinny. to come, played by Joe Pesci, to come along with his girlfriend Marissa Tomei, uh, who won an Oscar for it back in 1993. I think it was 1993. Yeah. Or maybe it's 92. <laughs> I think it was before Jurassic Park. And uh, <laughs> so they come out, and they and uh, and the guy that witnesses it says he's cooking grits, and he turns around, and it takes like seven minutes, and he sees the murder, and he goes, oh, and. Um, and then Joe Pesci does a little bit of uh, asking, and he finds out that it doesn't take seven minutes to make grits. It takes like like five minutes to make grits, or it takes fifteen minutes to make grits. But it doesn't take the time that he said. So, in actual fact, by the time he'd finished making the grits and he turned round, he Ralph Macchio would have gone, and he could have actually equally have been replaced by someone else that committed the murder. It's like this huge turning point of the of the whole court case. It's tense, and it's all around <laughs> grits. Um, it sticks with you for life, stuff like that. Jasmine, how long does it take to cook grits? Oh, I don't know, sadly. Okay. Oh, right, okay. I can't really confirm. I need to go to a sweet chick and have all this Calm stuff, down. I think. So does it have... So if you've got your waffles, mm-hmm. you've got your chicken, Yeah. are you then having a dessert with it, or is that enough? Oof, that or is that too much? To be fair, it could be enough. It's could enough for enough. me, personally. What, what are you having? Is there if you're Saves going time as well? Having, if you're going mains and dessert at the same time, to sweet chick, sure. <laughs> if you're going to sweet chick, what are you sitting down and ordering? Have you got starters? Oh, we do have starters. What's a starter? A, what's a starter? No, I know what a starter is. <laughs> I know what a starter. Is. I know the concept <laughs> is. What, what are examples? <laughs> Of so, starters that you might have. Mac and cheese. A crawfish hush puppy. Oh, okay. come on, tell us about that. It's it's beautiful. It's um, crawfish, mm. which is, at the moment, it's on our dinner menu. Uh, to be fair, I'm going to be completely honest, I haven't tried the whole menu. Wait, and you've been there three months. And you've been eating there every day since September. Yeah, but That's I'm an there. Incurious mind, I'm isn't there it? during lunchtime. Okay. I mean, I'm due there during lunch. I'm in there until 5 p.m. Okay. I don't get to try the evening menu. Is there a different evening menu? There is a different evening menu. So. Oh, wh- okay. So what sort of restaurant is this? Is it like, um, is it like a sit-down restaurant where you can kind of like a diner? Yeah, it's a sit-down restaurant. It's okay. pretty casual, though, you know. Sure, I, you don't have to get dressed up. No, no, no. Okay, right. Okay. Well, and if, um, if I was, what, what well, is the, what is the price point on? Chicken Fried waffles. chicken and waffles. Uh, roughly eleven, twelve pounds. We okay. do also do vegan fried chicken. If okay. you're vegan. Um. And, and have you tried that? <laughs> I have. What do you make that with? Seitan. Yeah. 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 So gluten upon gluten. So have you ever tried seitan? I, I haven't. Uh, the Satan. <laughs> <laughs> no, Satan. No, I haven't. I don't believe I have. Uh, they do it at the pub over the road from me. But um, is, does it taste like chicken? It does, you know. I tried it for the first time a couple of couple of weeks ago, and I was I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. Mm. It's, uh, it's not uh, chicken. It's, it's yeah. not chicken. No. Um, but what is it? It's it's uh, it's gl- it's gluten. 
Personally, if anyone asks me what's Satan, it's gluten. It is gluten. It's just gluttonous. Yeah. It's uh, gloop. Yeah. It's yeah. And, it's, gloop. and it's sort of, yeah. But so this place that does it over the road from me, they do these chicken, chickenless chicken strips. And they're made of Satan. And they don't taste anything like chicken. But they're quite Moorish. And I do find myself thinking <laughs> about them when I'm not there. You know, so, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's kind of like you go, I would quite like... But it makes me want specifically Satan as opposed to chicken, which is a different thing, isn't it? Um, but I do also imagine that uh, I have not had the best version of that. I try in, I'm trying to be uh, vegan for a few days a week <laughs> uh, because of the environment. Okay. For a few days a week, though. Yeah, like, uh, like uh, my my goal is five days on, and then I can eat any meat I want at the weekend yeah. or any other day. But um, uh, well, as you point out, that is better than someone doing veganuary across a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. If you did it, if yeah. you did it once a week, True. it would be yeah. fifty-two days a year, as opposed to thirty-one days just oh, at the yeah. beginning of the year, Good and you point. spread it out. So he's doing this. He's not even getting the kudos for doing it. <laughs> if it's two days a week, it's one hundred and four days a year, right? If it's three days a week, it's one hundred and fifty-six days a year. If it's four days a week, it is two hundred and eight <laughs> days a year. Good one. If it is, five. it's 260 days a year, five days a week. Five so 260 days. days a week, it's fucking, it dicks all over fucking <laughs> giving up for 31 days at the beginning and of the year. And if someone said to you, Good I'm point. doing veganuary, someone's going, <coughs> oh, well done, mate. Well done for that. He's gone. I'm trying to do it five days a week if I can. Yeah. Loads better. Loads but he's better. not getting the kudos. And, it's, and, and I'm not going on and on. Well, the only reason I'm, I would mention it is to sort of like, it's not actually that hard. Hmm. All right. Hail Satan, uh, and also, <laughs> especially not if you, especially not if you live in London. If everyone did it, it would take such amount of pressure off the meat industry, and uh, and the effects that, and the negative effects that has on uh, global warming, that we'd all be a lot better off. And, and uh, he still gets to have some fried chicken at the weekend. Still get to eat as much fucking meat as I fucking want. <laughs> fucking. Do you overdo it at the weekend? I overdo it. I get the meat shakes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just blended meat yeah. with ice cream. If anything, more animals probably die over that weekend. That would have happened yeah, if you fucking, spread it out a it's bit. It's a more. fucking massacre. But right. so, so I think so. It is good that you kind of, I, you know, I think that the thing is, people hate. I've, I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, this is part of what my show is about, right? But people hate vegans for some reason, and now everything's sort of like meat-free, and it's just this weird thing where. Um, you go, yeah, but they speak a lot of sense, you know. Um, so, and I think the thing is, people are very uh, possessive, and um, uh, it's personal. I think meat is personal to people, and no, but and I think people see that uh, being a vegan is like a fad. And you go, I think that that's a really odd thing because it's a fad that's been around for about forty years. Mm. Now it's like really taking off. But I, I think on an environmental level. Um, it would just be worth everyone just giving it a go. Mm. Uh, just a little I bit. I think these things just take a time to you settle can, in. You yeah. can still have meat. If, if, you, did, if you did it... If, but the thing is, vegans say you're either vegan or you're not vegan. And you go, yeah, I know, but that's no way of getting people on your side. Yeah, but you get lots of vegans who will wear leather and they'll wear, you know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, so yeah. there's, like, two sides Hypocrites. to... 
Now, here's a question, though. Do animals actually get killed specifically for leather? Or is that a byproduct of the meat industry? Or are they different animals? I mean, like, mink is still being used in high fashion, so that's definitely... Sure. And I feel bad about those pyjamas I bought. But (laughs) they're so fluffy. They are so fluffy. They look great as well, then. They do look great. Thank (laughs) you. You've got a matching set. It's like uh, Morecambe and Wise. Morecambe and Minky. (laughs) Amazing! Um, Yeah, sure. Um... Okay. Yeah, right. but no one's eating mink, right? No, that's true. So I wouldn't mind so much if people were eating making them. mink coats, but they were also they had, they eating. Had to eat it. What would it be like? It would be like a squirrel or something. Uh, yeah, I reckon that sort of animal, a mink. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think like the sort of veganism. It's just like you say. It's just a thing that's going to take off more. It's going to be more widely acceptable. In the sixties, when Paul McCartney became a vegetarian. He didn't know what to have for Christmas dinner that year. So he and Linda McCartney carved up some pasta, <laughs> made a big pasta and carved it up and put gravy on it <laughs> instead of having a turkey. And that's weird. But you think about it, that's 50 years ago before they're going, we don't, we've decided we're not going to eat animals anymore, but we don't really know what to cook. <laughs> so I think all those Linda McCartney recipes were her going, I've no idea what we can eat. And then she has to make up different things to How have. How much fucking large pasta must <laughs> they be in fucking It eating? must be like a big lump that they were like carving off bits. Oh, that sounds absolutely fucking atrocious. It was. Well, that was Christmas 1969 with the McCartneys. Mm. They, don't, they don't mention that on the uh, in any of the biographies. He was vegetarian in 1969? I think he was, yeah. As long ago as that. As long ago as that. And he was with Linda, was he, back then? Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah, yeah. When did him and Jane Asher split up? I think in the mid to late 60s. Oh, I've met Jane Asher. Very nice. She was lovely. I bet. Amazing cakes. <laughs> Sweet chick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a question, right? Here's a question. You're talking about fried chicken, waffles, grits, are things that I associate with the southern states mm-hmm. of America, right? Whereas sweet chick is a sort of New York thing, yeah. right? Which is a very different thing. Is it? Is it actually a New York thing that's a, doing an adaptation of something no, from the southern states? No, chicken and waffles originated in New York. Oh, yeah, so, did they? Yeah. Oh, okay, A okay. lot of people think it came down south. Well, I think that probably more because of the grits and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think you'll find, like, all over the US, you'll find dishes that... Are translated across all the different states. Yeah, and stuff. I, I mean, it might have originated in the southern states, but it spread. No, for sure. But I mean, like, it's like a, a thing that you would think this feels like a very New York y thing, yeah, sweet yeah. chick. Whereas I sort of thinking, well, actually, it's come from New York rather than from like one of the southern states or something. So, how long has chicken and waffles been about as a concept? Oof. Off the top of my head, I cannot tell you. At least 10 years. I know. At least 10 years. <laughs> I think we had. Uh, you probably had one of the think, first ones, probably. I think we had so, whipped cream. Have you maybe been to 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you been to the Brooklyn Diner? I haven't. It's quite nice. I think it's where they uh, based. Um, it's like the diner that they based Seinfeld on. Oh. But they do like chicken and waffles, but they also did um, chicken pot pie, which is really nice. Uh, it's just chicken in a pot with a lid on it. And. Um, yeah, it's like a casserole with a lid 
pastry lid in a pot. Oh, God, it's really nice. Anyway, <laughs> so, have you, so have you been to New York a lot for this? No, no, not for that specifically. Just to enjoy food and enjoy New York. Sure. And you're a food person. I'm so a food been, person. So you've been working in marketing for restaurants. Yes. That's your background. Well, restaurants and, like, music venues, that sort of thing, but generally always food and drink and music. And Sweet Chick, mm-hmm. it's Williamsburg in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which is the very sort of trendy end of, <coughs> of Brooklyn, yeah. right? Is it seen as quite a sort of trendy place it's within a very New York? Neighborhood place, so okay. families, all sorts. It's very neighborhoodly rather than okay. anything else. And this one that's in London is based in Oxford Circus. Whereabouts? Yeah, it's in just on Marketplace. Just in, it's just off Oxford Circus. Oh yeah, it's next to Market Bar, right? Yeah. Have you ever been to Market Bar? I haven't actually been in. I I've been outside. I wouldn't. It's grim. You've been. Absolutely grim. Um, um, Where's this? Sorry. Market was, Bar. Market where, Bar. Where's next. Market Bar? It's on Marketplace next to Sweet Chick. It's, uh, it's that one that's got a sort of wooden, wooden panelling thing outside. I used to end up quite a lot there about 15 years ago. Well, in Oxford Street? Just off of Oxford Street. It's sort of off... Off Regent Street, more than mm, Oxford Street, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, well, Carnaby Street? Is it, is it, no, does it go no, the other side? the other side. The other side. So it goes between, is it Great Portland Street yeah. and Regent Street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I get you. Great Titchfield Street. Great right Titchfield there. Street. Oh, that's it, what it is. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. <laughs> you, you know, you've been, you, you're there a lot. <laughs> Um, which is where, which is a location of Sweet Chick. And is it is it a place now, Sweet Chick? If I went there now, if me and Nick went, mm-hmm. is it one of those places we get there and there'd be big queues? Is no, it quite a not big... necessarily. It's, a, it's pretty. It's pretty big. So okay. I'm sure we'll find you space. Okay. Um, so chicken and waffles, I believe, uh, originated in like the 1930s in Maryland. We just have a look. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> So it took you 80 years to try them, Nick. Uh, yeah, well, it does look that way, but... Um, is it 80 years? Yeah, it'd be 80 years, 1930s. Uh, oh, yeah, so it's, it's uh, 1930s Harlem. So it is a New York thing, it's a proper... But waffles uh, became big in America, I believe, when Thomas Jefferson went over to Amsterdam and he bought four waffle, waffle irons and he bought them back and he started making loads of waffles. Uh, but obviously uh, waffles are a European thing that got bought over originally in the 1500s to America. Have you read uh, When this? the first settlers... Have I read this? No, I'm just <laughs> off, off the top of my head. Okay. Let me have a look. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm right, yeah. That's good. Um, food scholars have plenty of... I'm reading now. Food, <laughs> it's difficult to... Food scholars have plenty of origin theories about chicken and waffles. <clears throat> Many of them declare that a 1930s Harlem restaurant named Wells Supper Club came up with the notion of serving crispy thighs alongside deep-pocketed batter. Or that the practice started in Pennsylvania Dutch home cooks of the 1600s. I believe the 1930s one. A little bit better. Waffle making made its way to America with Dutch colonists in the 1620s. Oh, I said 1500s, didn't I? But I obviously meant 1620s. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm such a number. <laughs> I am so And also, the good thing is, if you have your waffles and your chicken on the same plate, saves on washing up. Yeah? Hmm. Worth. <laughs> so, Jasmine, have you got a favourite song? I do have a favourite song. <laughs> 
Well, what is it? It's um, Ashley Henry, The World Is Yours. Okay, I'm going to play this and then we will talk to you a bit afterwards as well. press the ident i feel like we're running out of time so um uh we're joined back in the studio uh by jasmine uh torres have i said it right yeah you yes, said it right i said it right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and uh we've been talking about uh, the restaurant sweet chick that's in oxford but now we should talk a little bit more about you as a person hmm. so you're from north london we've just been yeah. saying uh, and that was um Ashley Henry. Uh, Ashley Henry, um, and uh, so where did you where did you start out in terms of your job and your work and everything? Um, so yeah, when I started uni, I worked at Secret Garden Party for well, I was an intern at Secret Garden Party, which is a festival. Yeah, what was that like working on that? It was wild. Was everyone off their face on drugs? No, not everyone. Not the people that worked there. You weren't. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, the people who attended the festival. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did, I've done gigs. I've done stand-up at Secret Garden Party. Oh, yeah. And it's one of the most horrific experiences <laughs> of my life. <laughs> you done Secret Garden Party, Nick? No, no, it's the sort of thing that I... I did Sonisphere and I got uh, pissed thrown at me <laughs> for 20 minutes while I read butterfly poems and I was singing, I love you, you love me, and everyone was throwing piss at me for 20 minutes. And then uh, Steve-O came on stage and uh, he mentioned Johnny Knoxville and got a standing ovation. They were stood anyway, so it wasn't like that hard. But um, yeah. fucking hell. So no, I'm not going to do secret. I'm not going to do festivals. It was it was an experience. Wow. Yeah, and there was lots of people um, just trying to touch you as well. They were just so so off their heads that they don't they can't really even. It's like they're watching you, but in their head they're having a conversation going. Is that guy really there? <laughs> so they're also just trying to touch you to see if no, he is. No, there is someone there. We. Definitely is the guy talking to us. Why are you complaining? This sounds much better than Sonosphere. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If you just... Uh, I can't remember. There was a thing that, I think that's what they were doing at Sonosphere. They were throwing piss at me to make sure I was really there. Was, <laughs> is he really there? Is he really doing that? Maybe if... Yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah, but if, I've, I've known lots of people that have gone to Secret Garden Party in, in the past, and not one of them uh, has uh, said anything about being sober <laughs> no I think it's a weird festival to try and watch comedy at if you're there but it's not a comedy festival no no but they do have lots of like you know intimate talks with like Brian Cox Professor Brian Cox Professor did a Brian little Cox. talk Talk. Of X Men Two, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they have lots of uh, kind of crazy. Well, they weird... do. That's it. They've got all these other. So is it like... a bit like Latitude? No, it's a bit more out of the box. It's like a smaller, weirder Latitude where everyone is on LSD. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's and <laughs> but your audience, <laughs> like, but it just feels like it's almost like. Why bother having any of these other events? <laughs> Just have like music and have let people dance or something because no one there can comprehend what the ideas that anyone's trying to communicate with them. 
I would only do a festival if there was someone that I really wanted to see that was on the lineup. Yeah. And um, I found myself at V Festival once, and there was just literally, you know, like in uh, Rambo when he's firing his machine gun and all of the bu- sure. bullet casings go all over the floor, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like there's loads of. It was like that with nitrous oxide <laughs> canisters, right? And you're just wading through, wading through these little silver cylinders, and there's just so many of them. And I did my gig, and it was. And, and I don't even know why I agreed to do it because the headliner was Ollie Murs, oh, wow. and you go fucking hell. And so I did it to see what did I do it for, and I didn't do it to see Ollie Murs. What was really really depressing about it was that Ollie was. It, Ollie Myers was being supported by Tom Jones. And you go, how's it that way round? <laughs> he's like the closest, he's the closest to living Elvis that, that we got. Sure. And uh, and he's on and he's like, but maybe he wanted to go on earlier. But well, fucking early. He's <laughs> old now, isn't he? He wants to have an early night. Um, but he changed the word, you know, is, the, is it, did Prince write Kiss or yeah. did Tom Jones write Kiss? Did Prince. Tom Jones do a cover version yes. of Kiss yeah, yeah, from yeah. Prince? Yeah. Right. So uh, so there's the bit in the song Kiss where Tom Jones goes, I think I'm out of dance now. Oh, yeah. And, and now he sings... I think I better pray now. Because <laughs> he can't dance. <laughs> he, he just wants one minute silence. Where he can just like go, oh, I'm tired. I think I better sit down now. <laughs> it should be if he does, he says, I, got, I think I've got to dance now. But you just have to watch him dance for a minute and just go, oh, mate. <laughs> oh, no. I think I better pray now that my legs aren't going to fucking give in. <laughs> fucking hell, that I'm not going to shit myself on stage again. Um, Good old Tom. Um, so anyway, <laughs> your secret garden party. So we're talking. Well, we're talking. Ashley Henry is someone who you knew from your time working in um, jazz. I cafe. didn't know him. He played. Okay. He played. Yeah, and that's, so that's where you where become I... a massive fan. Yeah. Is he favourite? No, he's not my favourite, but it's definitely one of my favourite songs. Sure. So when you've worked in music prior to that, is that that kind of the jazz world of kind of music that you were? It's mainly been at venues that do live music. So it's it's um, like I've always been into music. I play loads of instruments. I've studied music. I've studied music at uni. So it's always been part. And, and is it that know. kind of thing like jazz stuff? Is it kind of conservatoire? Kind no, of? no, no, not all. My music taste is very eclectic. Like I like, I went through a metal phase. I went through a... Yeah, I like all music. I just Sounds like you mainly like metal and jazz, though. From <laughs> the wave, metal from... and jazz. No, no. Um, yeah, just it's a, an eclectic taste. Country? No, no, no. Okay. Sadly. I mean, I haven't really, I haven't been brought into the world or like shown the, shown the. You, uh, yeah. So um, when I say I like country, I probably specifically mean I like some. Dolly Parton. <laughs> oh, I love a bit of Dolly Parton, but I couldn't say I like country. But I wouldn't I say that. I yeah. When you get into the country charts, and you start really getting into it, then you realise, oh, I don't I don't like country <laughs> at all. I like I like the country stars that are so big that they transcend their genre. But I don't actually like listening to the Dixie Chicks, for instance. <laughs> but I mean, I probably do. I probably do because I can name them. Can you? The Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Oh, not individually. Not individually. <laughs> right, mate. I was going to say. Oh, okay. The Sleepy, <laughs> Sneezy, Doc, and Elaine. Uh, those are the Dixie Chicks. Um, 
you're a fan of the film Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. I like fav- the film. Is that your favourite film, would you say? Do you know, when I was asked the question, it's the first film that came into my head. I know it's really depressing. It's really a depressing. fucking depressing It's film. very depressing. I like the film. I don't know how, how often I could watch it. I know, I, do you know what? I've seen it quite a few times, bizarrely. Do you like Darren Aronofsky? I do. Have you seen Mother? Did he make? Yeah, did, did I he did. Make that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think of that? So I watched it um, on my own late at night and I had to stop. So on uh, TV. Yeah. 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 Um, so I haven't quite finished it. I can't tell. It's you. a head fact, though, right? Yeah. I really liked it. I loved it. I love a bit of a head fact. But it was just point. like a, it's just like a slot. Is it done in one shot? Uh, I think it's well. I don't know. Is it Danny Wanshaw? It can't be. Well, I think it's meant to look like it is. But right? it's, it's sort of like it kind of. It's like a domino effect film yeah, where yeah. just things get more and more out of hand. Yeah, it's just a crazy film. I really enjoyed it, but it is sort of like it's insane. Um, but it's got sort of. Uh, it, it's better if you don't read what it's about, and you kind of it's left for your own interpretation mm. because it's kind of like a very quite a basic idea when you find out what he actually intended it to be about it's a bit disappointing mm. so i find that um yeah just watching it it's one of those films that you just let wash over you but like wrecking through dreams a bit like that isn't it where it's just but it's like it's it's, it's three storylines yeah so you've got jared leto uh who's the older lady in it uh michelle pfeiffer no no, it's no, it's not. Oh, sorry, Requiem for a Dream. Sorry, I'm thinking of Mother. Oh no. Sorry. Um, oh yeah, who is it? It's um. Uh, this is the radio show. I know. Come on. Not Ellen Burstyn. Is it Ellen yes, Burstyn? Yes, it is Ellen Burstyn. Isn't she out? What's she out of? She Exorcist. Out of the Exorcist. Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, that's such a fucking depressing film, though. And so it's her, she's the plot, and then is it Sarah Connolly's got yeah. a plot, and then it's Jared Leto's got a plot, and it's all about addiction, and they're all addicted to stuff. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? I really like the soundtrack. I watched it when I was like 14 or 15, and it was just like a film that all of my friends loved, and. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I, think I like the film. I think we all watched it when we were at university. Yeah. I was so much older. <laughs> God, you're a fucking executive at the age of 27. Just got to get stuff done, right? Got to work hard. <laughs> I can't even get my dad to answer emails to <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> 40 this year. What's it been like, Nat? 40. Mm-hmm. Dreadful. Fucking I'm hell. I'm 41. I'm 41 in uh, three months. All of that to fucking look forward to. Anyway, so I saw Requiem for a Dream when I was at university. What else has Darren Aronofsky done? Uh, Pi. Pi was his first one. <clears throat> yeah, I've I've watched that when it when it first came out. You know, I never come back to it. It was mm. a weird film though. He just does that though, doesn't he? Yeah. If you ever see him interviewed though, he's like the polar opposite of what you think that he's going to be like. He what's that? Um, he's sort of like. Uh, just a bit like a frat boy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like it's a bit like it's a bit like the uh, difference between um, Paul uh, Thomas Anderson. Oh you yeah, know, he makes really like intellectual films, and when you see him, he's just a massive Adam Sandler fan, and that's kind of like you go, oh, that's great, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, it's it's the same sort of like difference. Yeah. 
like between Aronofsky what, was going to do a Aronof- Batman film at one point, wasn't he? He was going to do Year One, but if you, Batman Year One, but oh. yeah, but it was all of his ideas sounded yes. absolute shit. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> like in, what is it? Alfred is a kind of he's a mechanic. I thought, yeah, in my mind, he's like a robot or something. I don't know, <laughs> it, was, like. it was just a, it was rubbish, uh, and I'm glad that he didn't make it. Um, <laughs> but um, what was the one that he made with Hugh Jackman? Oh, is that no? Not the, the fountain. The, the fountain. I didn't see the fountain. It's fucking. It just makes really fucking weird films. I mean, it's good that he's there because, like, he's sort of like quite critically well respected, and he's kind of. He did um, that Noah's Ark movie with Russell Crowe as well. Did didn't he, he do Noah? Yeah, Noah? He just makes these fucking <laughs> huge budget insane movies yeah. that you just like go. How have you fucking got that made? And, and it's remarkable. Can't have made his money back. But they're mainstream. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's got like he's like one of the like top ten directors that have yeah. been that have been introduced to the world. In the last like 20, 30 years, and uh, and fucking hell, he just makes absolutely uh, just a list of those films. They're all fucking mental. <laughs> we've got to do the game. Right, we've, got to, we've got to play a game with you now. This is the game. It's called Better Jasmine, or Worse. And don't you have to say, don't panic. Okay. Don't panic. You have to say whether the next person is better or worse than the person before, okay. based entirely on my own opinion to score points. <laughs> Good okay. guesswork. Beginning with Denzel Washington. He's your starting card, Denzel Washington. Is Joanna Lumley better or worse than Denzel Washington? Better. Worse. Worse. Is Robert De Niro better or worse than Joanna Lumley? Better. 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 Is Robert Pattinson better or worse than Robert De Niro? Worse. Worse. Is Robert Downey Jr. better or worse than Robert Pattinson? Better. 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 Is Steve Martin better or worse than Robert Downey Jr.? Better. Better. Is Steve Buscemi better or worse than Steve Martin? Worse. He's a high card, but he is worse than Steve Martin. (laughs) Is Steve Guttenberg better or worse than Steve Buscemi? Worse. 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 Is Adam Sandler better or worse than Steve Guttenberg? Better. 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 Is Adam Driver better or worse than Adam Sandler? Oh, fuck me. That's the hardest one yet. Worse. I would say he is better. worse, but he's a high card. Better. Mini Driver, better or worse than Adam Driver? Worse. Better. <laughs> uh, yeah, better. Uh, eight. <laughs> eight. Got eight. 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 That's got a fucking great eight. score. That's an amazing oh, yeah. score. What did I get? I got nine, right? I got nine. Is, <laughs> do you really mean that Mini Driver was? Yeah. Better than Adam yeah, Driver. Yeah, You're yeah. a fucking. <laughs> So, uh, Jasmine, you <laughs> scored eight, which means you are as good as uh, Omar Hannaboy, uh, Paul Gannon, Nick Dissemian, Naomi McDonald and Dan Triber. But you're not quite as good as Tom Crowley, Reese James, Marshall Julius with nine. But you are better than Kevin Allison, Joe DeCosta, <laughs> Alistair Green, Lloyd Griffiths, Max Halley, Harriet Kemsley, Kim Newman, Morgan McGlynn, Juliet Sear, The Last Skeptic, David Trent, Toby Williams with seven, Bronte Barbe, Will Jackson, Ginger Johnson with six, and Original Flavour with five. Uh, so you've absolutely uh, you fucking smashed you it. it. Average smashed is seven. It. Average wow. is seven above average. I'm very happy. That's what people say about me. Well, that's probably why you've been so <laughs> successful. Boom. You're, you're above average in there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank get, you. Get yourselves along to thank Sweet you. Chick. I'm gonna blow my mind by yes, having some uh, chicken and waffle, <laughs> sweet and savoury on the same plate. Is that the tagline? No, it's you not. can use that. For yes, your marketing. Might do. Sweet might and savoury on the same plate. <laughs> do quote, quote or something. Thank you, for Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Pleasure. It's been lovely talking to you. Lovely talking to you. Uh, and we're going to end with uh, your other favourite song.
You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to FUBARradio.com.